You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rikari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. That's right. We're already talking about next year. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you. So visit gcxevent.com tickets to book now. everyone, it's episode 53 of Star Wars and Scotch, and Tim and I had the honor of getting to interview Mark Thompson for this episode. I'm really excited for you all to hear it. What a great conversation with someone that truly loves Star Wars. Lots of talk about voice acting as well. We're going to do that in just a second, but first, make sure you head over to kingscoastcoffee.com. There is a whole new line of roasts. Uh, well, the roasts are the same, but everything looks different. It got a, got a facelift, an upgrade. So go over to kingscoastcoffee.com. Check everything out. Tons of new stuff. But without further ado, here's me, Tim, and the wonderful Mark Thompson. All right, everyone. We have Mark Thompson. Can I say the voice of Star Wars? Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I don't know if that was true, but I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I, to, to me and Tim, you are, are the voice of Star Wars. If you don't know who Mark is, A, I doubt that you're... You must have stumbled on this show accidentally or something. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but but Mark is is uh, uh, the voice of so many um, novels in the Star Wars universe, both canon and non-canon, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, yeah, that's right. So um, um, not that canon means a ton to, to folks that are diehards, but, you know, we do have to stick to what's happening right now in Star Wars as well, which we'll get to because there's a lot of cool stuff happening right now in Star Wars. But um yeah, we're going to talk to Mark. Uh, uh, when we when we booked this interview, we were so happy when we got a response. We were like, oh, my gosh, we're going to talk to Mark. We're going to get to really discuss uh, all of the books he's working on. 
Um, Tim has had a, a, a larger sampling because he's been doing audiobooks for longer. I was a reader, but as we got more busy with life and our companies and, and whatnot, Tim was like, try the audiobooks. You'll, you'll enjoy it. I promise. And he's like, where do I start? And I was like, <laughs> Kevin, you need to start with Aftermath. And that's where I started. Um, oh, wow. So because I, that's where I started. And I was like, it might be a little it might be a little rough in some parts. The stories might drag on for a bit, but the characters you meet are really fun. And it explains so much between, mm-hmm. you know, the first, you know, the first few months of the fall of the empire, which is really cool. So I was like, you need to you need to listen to that because it's just it was so good. Yeah. So one of one of the first things we ask everyone who comes on the show, and uh, this is probably my favorite part, is I love to know where did you start as a fan? Because you're not just the person that reads the books. You are a fan at heart, too. I remember seeing you on stage at Celebration a few years back and being like, who's this guy? And then Tim's like, yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Uh, so <laughs> uh, uh, I'd love to know, what, what's your earliest memory? Where does it all start? And how does that love of, of this IP just evolve over time and get you to where you are today? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I always tell people, it's like one of those things where I was born in 1975. So I always feel like I've, I've you know, I, it's very hard for me to have any memories of my childhood that didn't have Star Wars involved in them or aren't tangentially connected to it. So it's it's kind of always been there, like with the toys and seeing the films uh, on, on videotape and, and, and cable when it was on. And um, but my first like concrete memory was I was in the theater when Empire came out. And I remember like, you know, watching when Luke crashes on Dagobah and R2 falls off the X-Wing and uh, Luke cries out, you know, R2, R2, where are you? And I scream out, he's in the water, you know, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> so like, but that was like my first, you know, like concrete one. But then it's like, I, I just always remember it always being on TV and, and just playing with the toys and dress up. And it, it was definitely a huge part of my life. And then um, I, I got into Star Trek heavily in high school, but I, you know, so I kind of like went over to the other star franchise for a little bit. <laughs> And then, uh, but then when I got, like when they did the special edition re-releases and the prequels, I think I came crashing, you know, hard, hardcore back into Star Wars and did the thing where you like, you know, sleep on the sidewalk and, and for the, for the midnight premieres, of, you <laughs> yep. know, episode one, two, and three. And I was at the Zigfield in New York city. And, uh, and it was just it's some of my favorite memories is just being in that crowd, you know, when those films were coming on and even the special editions with the new special effects and stuff, like being in the crowd, like for the opening nights of those uh, is some of my all-time favorite memories. So, um, yeah, it's just always been there, and I, I'm a huge, huge geek and nerd, and I have, like, a shelf full of Yodas and lots of action <laughs> figures, and I actually just got a Millennium Falcon uh, personalized license plate, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's oh. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. My so, most prized Star Wars possession is this guy, and I I was going to say, <laughs> like, that is awesome. Is that, like, a full-on, like... I can't tell if it's three dimensional or post. Oh no, it's like, three dimensional. Yeah, that's no, it's awesome. Yeah, oh, it's wow. uh, uh, some of my friends got it for me when I moved into this house, and uh, um, it's it's bowing a little bit at the bottom because I do need to hang it on the wall again. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> aside from that, we're talking about. I forgot. No one can see. We're talking about oh. my Han Solo that many of you know from my background <laughs> of my days of, of streaming. I put Christmas lights on him during Christmas and whatnot, and a Santa hat, but. Uh, Han is is, is my most prized possession. You can get it on Etsy. It's it's pretty. It's not too expensive. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. absolutely. Um, but uh, so and, and, and I remember those premieres too. Uh, I think the first one I went to was Phantom Menace because I was uh, in high school. I don't remember. 
Um, and uh, I remember going with a bunch of friends and at that point I had, I had fallen in love with return of the Jedi and uh, that's still to my day. I know everyone loves empire return of the Jedi is my favorite for some reason. I couldn't tell you why, but I, I, I had similar memories. I remember everyone dressed up and it was so intriguing yeah. to me. Like, wow, these people are fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for, for my journey, we've said this a thousand times and, and Tim, Tim has a little bit of a different story. My entry point into the super fan was Knights of the Old Republic. Once I play oh, that game, cool. it changed my life. Like I, I started wow. reading the novels. I started getting into the comics and things like that. So I different journey and not so much the movies, which people find intriguing. And Tim, yours, yeah. yours was was what? I can't remember. Yeah, now. no, my, mine was my uncle actually just giving me his his uh, the original uh, VHS tapes for for the original trilogy, which was. Oh, I love that. That's how I got into it. But Kevin brings up an amazing point that I want uh, you because the way you just lit up talking about Kotar. How do you feel about oh, right. Kotar remaster oh, a yeah. remake? Sorry, remake being announced. Remake. Like, are you excited for that? Are you asking me or Kevin? Yeah, Mark, that's for you. We did a whole episode on this. Kotar? <laughs> so yeah, I just yeah. need to know, Mark, how do you feel about the Kotar remake? No, I'm super excited. I so, I, But I was confused about that. Like, is it a remaster or are they no, it's a re- they're remake. fully remaking it really? from the bottom? Yeah. They're re- oh, my gosh. Um, they're bringing that's in the, awesome. not all of the voice actors, but some of them. We heard Bastel in the trailer. Um, yeah. And they're redoing all their lines. Um, oh. Wow. Which to me, yeah. <laughs> if we go into the canon, and Tim and I spent 40 minutes talking about this last week, but if we go into the canon conversation, to me, that screams, we're going to change things and make this canon and fit it oh, into the Disney universe, which okay. is right. super That's exciting to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially with, with having Lucas Games as a publisher for it. like, And that's going to be like, that's a really, like, we always have that's the hard part of like, is when things come out that aren't canon, it really confuses viewers, it confuses your audience. So right. that's why like I, my assumption is that Kotar is going to be seen as that that piece, that missing piece that we haven't had for a long time, which is oh, exciting. Wow. We we have a yeah, theory. Awesome. I'd be I'm going to run it by you real quick. And if you okay. know things, obviously you don't have to say anything. But we I feel like yeah. <laughs> Skywalker Saga, current era. That's where we're living with movies and TV shows right now. We know Acolyte is coming, which will be uh, uh, High Republic. High Republic is is we're building a universe. Uh, you know, we we only knew Yoda going in. So we're building this and and it, it's really it's so intriguing to me because they're kind of bending some things that we thought about Star Wars and making some things new, but also mm. keeping it super familiar. So yeah. that's going to exist in books and comics and things like that, probably for two or three years. And then the, the old Republic lives in games for a while. Mm. We feel like that's okay. how they can tell the story of each era. And then eventually cool. they'll just muddy the whole pot and start TV shows and games and things like that. That's our theory. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Old Republic is before High Republic, is that right? Old Republic is about either a thousand or a couple thousand years. I don't have the timeline off the top of okay, my head, yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. Because I think High Republic is, I want to say it was like 300 years or 200 years. Ish, yeah. Years. Yeah, right about that. Okay, okay. So that would make sense. Oh, wow. Then that could work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's, our, that's our theory. But yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, well, it definitely made me want to get a PS5. Like that's oh, a hundred percent. You definitely. You would. Oh, there would be enough people. out by then when when uh, when I, comes out. You can get them. Yeah, I can't get anything yet. I was trying <laughs> to get my kids the new consoles last year, and I still have not been able. To. There's enough out. The problem is these people with the bots and they're buying them and reselling. Yeah, that's yeah. the issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So, but so back to questions about Mark. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you so so you have always been in love with star Wars. When did you fall in love with the idea of using your voice to tell a story? 
And it's not just it's not just you and I having a conversation like you you tell a story with your voice like you you have so many different voices in in your catalog um like when did you find that passion and and how did that come about Um I I mean I was I was kind of a, a couch potato growing up <laughs> so, <laughs> so I watched a lot of like cartoons and TV and I guess I was a bit of a sponge when it came to all that stuff and I just would kind of like you know, parrot back things I would hear and, and listen like that. Um, but my mom kind of had foresight to kind of see that, you know, maybe we could, you know, that, that, that you know, you, you should try acting. You should, you know, like you, you might really enjoy this. And she was great about kind of signing me up for voice lessons and acting lessons and improv classes and all that stuff and would, you know, drive me to all those things. And, and then I had some great teachers in school that got me involved in the you know, the drama club and the school plays and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And, and it's, it's kind of where I feel like I found, you know, that thing you're good at, you know, like everybody has things that they are maybe naturally bent towards. And uh, I feel like, you know, Miss Ham and Miss Hofstetter and Mr. Frost, like really like, and Mr. Putnam just like really helped me figure out all that stuff. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think early, like even in high school, we did a, uh, a two man show where each one of us played 10 different characters. It was called greater tuna. And that was one of the first times where I had to like come up with a bunch of different, distinctly different characters. And, uh, and, and on the speech and debate team, we would have humorous interpretation or dramatic interpretation where you would like read excerpts from a play. And, and I had to kind of mess around with different voices there. So I started kind of get my feet wet with it there. Um, and I guess it just kind of, you know, one thing led to another snowballed from there. And, and, uh, you know, in acting school, I, I got, pretty early on, like my sophomore year, I started uh, auditioning for animation stuff and started getting a lot of work in animation. So, um, so kind of just all branched off from there. And uh, I just really love it. Like, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's just, I'm kind of fascinated by, you know, what you can do with your voice and, and kind of thinking of it as an instrument and, you know, using different parts of your voice or different resonators and things like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's really fun. <laughs> I've, I've been spoiled at this point because I started, like Tim said, with Aftermath was uh -huh. where I started. So you were reading Aftermath and the way you bring the characters to life. I didn't know that was how audiobooks worked. And that's why Tim was like, you have to hear this. Like, the, oh, wow. I, it, you know, <laughs> well, when you just like it's, you, you spoil us like you, you like even like your the, the books that, that are done for Star Wars. It's it's a performance. There's 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 ambient noises in the background that I'd never yeah. experienced in any other book that was read on audible um the idea of just like even just music and helping with the transition from one chapter to the next or like whatever it is that type of experience is not done i don't think anywhere else no and it's it makes those it makes the star wars book so much more special i mean heck even catalyst was like really special to me because of the background sounds and whatnot like in the intro when they're on the snow planet and they're speeding down the, the trench like all of that, like I remember that because I could hear like the speeder going and the yeah. snow and the wind. Um, and so like how much of that were you involved with as far as like just developing the books? Did you, was that your idea? Was that something that like Lucas and and like the, they wanted to do for the Star Wars IP? Yeah, that's uh, that none of that is me. That's all uh, Kevin Thompson and Paul Goodrich. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kevin is the director and executive producer. And Paul is the sound designer. And uh they they are just magicians slash artists like geniuses at what they do and and they've because they they've done it 
they've been doing the audiobooks since way before I got. I've heard uh, those names a lot. It. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> they're really, really amazing at what they do, and and they 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 got access to like the Lucasfilm sound library and, and get wow. to use the the sound effects and a lot of the original music uh, cues and things that like that. That makes sense. And, yep. Um, yeah, and it's it's it really does. You're right. It like it makes it such a a different experience. It's like it really is like a movie in your mind. You know, like yeah. when you have yep. all that ambient sound and it it adds so much to it. And I remember like because you know the first audiobook I ever did was a Star Wars audiobook, and I, I'd never really done audiobooks before that. And um, so I remember when I got to do another audiobook for a different franchise or a, di- a different IP. Um, I was like, you know what? Uh, like, do you want do you want me to leave you a pause in this line for like a sound effect for like when they <laughs> shoot that thing? And, and the guy was like, what? And I was like, you know, like so, like you know, I, I can give you a little breath so that you can put the laser effect in there. It's like we're not doing sound effects. Like, what are you talking? It's just their voice. And I was like, really? Like you're not going to put anything? And I was like, so shocked because I just thought that's what you do, like that, you know. But that's just all because of Kevin and Paul, and that's just all, you know. And obviously, you know, Lucasfilm. Uh, encourages all that and, and and blesses all that so it's just uh but it's 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 such a unique and special thing and if, if you've if you've never listened to one i i, I just encourage you to do it for that reason alone because yep. it's just it, it's such an experience to have the sound effects and the music and and everything laid in there so. yeah it's it, for me it's it's the characters the difference yeah. between the characters so when you have let's say a a high republic's best example okay so we have Stellan Geos, and we have what's his buddy's name? Name is escaping. Uh, Elzar Man. Elzar Man. The difference between them, if you don't use inflection in the tone and the accent and everything, you could almost miss it. Yes, one. Yeah. Spoilers. One struggles right. with the dark side a little bit more than the other one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But if it's just lines being read from a book, you don't get that. You bring them to life on a different level because Stellan is so different. Oh, cool. uh, uh, e- even even um, I'm trying to think of some of the, the your Han and your Han is is great. Leading uh, oh, <laughs> aftermath. But if we're gonna start. If we're gonna start gassing him up. Your Thrawn. I <laughs> I swear I thought it was the actual voice actor from. From Rebels, oh, I, thought, I, thought it, yeah. I thought it was Lars Mikkelsen at first, right. and so, and so like, to that point, I want to know how hard is it to keep your voices straight when you're trying to like do all these different voices? Because like I've I've noticed sometimes you kind of like you'll 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 pick and choose from different voices to tr- to create a, a new character. Like I like for Kevin, uh, Kevin's High Republic is my Thrawn. Like your oh, cool. Thrawn and Thrawn Ascendancy has just been. I haven't phenomenal. done Thrawn yet though, in in my defense. Yeah. For me, like, like for now, like now, like Thrawn, Thrawn, you, you did such a great job bringing those guys to life. I really just enjoyed that, uh, that series. And so like, I've noticed like your Admiral Aralandi is like very, very similar to other characters I've heard you do, but but it's like fun. And, but how do you keep, how do you keep that straight? And then how do you also develop those types of characters? Like that's like, you've never heard an Admiral Aralandi before. And like, she's, it has a very, very unique, like the way you do your voice is very unique for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, it's definitely a process. It's like uh, I uh, for, first, obviously, I have to read the book. Um, yeah. Uh, so I have to like, you know, read it all the way through, which all my high school teachers are probably laughing their heads off because I never wanted to read. The whole book <laughs> um, so but I, I read the whole thing through and then I go back and like anytime a character speaks, I'll jot down, you know, character's name and then any clues the author gives me about that character. So like, uh-huh. are they human? Are they alien? Are they like, does, do they have any descriptions of their voice, like husky or thin or, 
raspy or whatever it might be. I, I write all that stuff down. Um, and then I try to like, see if like, you know, have these, if it's an alien, like has that alien appeared in any star Wars media and like, can I find mm. examples of that? And is there a through line there that I should pick up on or, you know? Um, and so then I'll start kind of coming up with like, different ideas and I'll kind of cast it. And, uh, what I do is I'll take my phone and I'll like, just kind of record different ideas of what I'm thinking. Uh, and then when I settle on one, when I get in the booth, I'll play like a little sample of what I recorded just to kind of get myself in the headspace of that character and then kind of go and then do that. So the first couple of days of recording, it's always a little herky jerky. Cause like I have to keep refreshing my memory of who these guys are, Yeah. but then around day, end of day two, beginning of day three, I start to kind of get in a rhythm and, and, and can start to kind of flip back and forth a little bit easier um, but I definitely give the editors a lot of work because there's a lot of stopping and starting <laughs> and sometimes reading the law, the lines as the wrong character. And, you know, so, <laughs> so like it, that must be hard having a conversation with two characters. Yeah. Jumping it, back and forth. Yeah. yeah, it can be frustrating. And wow. And part of my uh, strategy is, is I, tr I try to make them sound as different as possible so that I'll be able to because if they're too similar, then it would I, I feel like it would start to bleed together, you know, so yeah. like I. I try to make them somewhat distinct and think about, okay, this character is going to have a lot of scenes with that character. So let me make sure I really maybe place them at a higher pitch or a lower pitch or, you know, give them a distinct accent or something just to try to really separate them across. And then it's like, the worst is like, you get a character that's very ancillary or very small in one book. And then in the next book, they're like, the, the I'm like, oh, no. I feel like that happened with Stellan because Stellan was so small in the first book. And then yeah, the last book, the... he was like, right, right, right. Exactly. That's yeah. Funny. Uh, how, how long do you spend on average uh, recording for a, a full novel? Um, uh, it's basically 10 a.m. to like 6 p.m for like Monday through Friday for like five days. So like, and then, okay. although there's a new book we're doing in a couple of weeks that is going to take seven days cause it's a huge book, but, uh, um, but yeah, gen it's generally that. And they'll like, you know, get to come out for like food and bathroom and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but it's like, read, read. You know, so. Have you ever uh, had an instance where your voice was just not sore throat something and it just didn't play well and they had to delay everything or something? Um, I think there was one book where we did redo the first chapter because it was obvious that I had been really sick or like yeah. horse or something, you know, but, uh, but there's like, there have been times, there was one time where I was really sick, but we just, because of deadlines, we just had to keep going. And so yeah. it kind of like worked for some of the characters because it added some extra scratchiness <laughs> and whatever. And then other characters, it was like, Oh, you know, <laughs> so, but, uh, I, th I think ultimately we got through it. So <laughs> is, is your, is your whole family star Wars fans as well? Or is, are you like the outcast in the family? No, they're, they're all fans, but I think I'm a bit much like, I think I, uh, <laughs> I know the like, feelings. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so like, like my wife always says is I thought I was a fan until I met you. And now I don't feel like a fan because like <laughs> compared to you, like, it's like a little, like we had to have, we had a minor argument over a, a, a thing I wanted to put on the car. 
that <laughs> she was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> like I had to take my Chewbacca seatbelt uh, you know, cover off. It's of. like, I'm not driving around with that thing. It's hot. It scratches. Like, all right. <laughs> my my oldest daughter, she was supposed to. So we, my youngest son built his lightsaber first because obviously we're an hour from Orlando. Oh, I, I put the sacrifice on the table. Like I was like, all right, let him do it first. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll go after him. What then a we, great dad. He wow. went in January of 2020. So right before everything changed, he got to no. build his lightsaber. Then my daughter was my oldest daughter was supposed to do hers in April. Uh, and we we had to cancel our trip. So um, we I ended up going without them <laughs> and <laughs> built my own lightsaber. Like right after it yeah. felt OK to go out of lockdown, right, right, masks right. on, whatever. <laughs> I went and built mine. My oldest daughter was so upset with me. She was oh, like, no. dad. How could you? So, uh, what was it? Two months ago now, Tim. I yeah. took her as a makeup, and my wife and my two other kids were like, "You go have fun. We're gonna sit by the pool, just you and your daughter." Uh, yeah. And she hadn't been yet, so she hadn't seen the Falcon or anything. And this oh. is when you knew you had raised a good nerd. Is yes. rounding the corner, and she sees the Falcon. She's like, "Oh, Dad!" And she like almost stumbled and put her hand oh. on my shoulder like, Dad, oh. it's real. I'm like, I know it's right there. I might cry again. <laughs> <laughs> then we go build her lightsaber and she just keeps turning around and looking at me the whole time. She's like, oh, that's we get great. out. Here's the uber nerd part. We get out. She goes, all right, I built it green. I was like, yeah, it's great. She goes, we got to go to the store. I got to get the yellow one. <laughs> like, <"Ray." laughs> and I'm like, you're going to make me spend more money on the crystal. She's like, yeah, you get yeah. the white one. You love Ahsoka. You go get the white one, too. So we went and we swapped out the colors. And then we're at home with screwdrivers, putting the new ones in. So that so was when great. I realized, like, we. I was like, ah, I got a good, a good uh, nerdy older daughter. So I was you succeeded. You did, did parenting right. <laughs> I did. I did. She's almost through Clone Wars now, too. So. We're, oh, awesome. We're wow. doing it right. Um. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you mentioned animated earlier, uh, it, was it is it Star Wars or are you just doing other animated stuff like anything we would know, for instance? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like uh, my first job was this cartoon called Daria. It was on MTV uh, and it was like a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah. <know> Daria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It was like Kevin, the football player. All right, babe. Cool. Oh, my like, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was Mr. Martino. Daria. Daria Morgendorfer. Like the guy with the big eye. And I Mr. know exactly what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah. So, like, that was my big thing, that my, my initial thing. And then uh, that kind of snowballed. Like, because once you start working in that field, right? If, if people like you, they recommend. It's like any other field, I assume. So, like, yeah. but, like, I, I started working on Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I did... Uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, I recently did Transformers, Cyberverse, and so I've gotten to do a bunch of uh, cartoons and animations and, and things like that. So it's been really fun. So, so okay. So I'm just gonna have to ask because this is a question that's always in the back of my mind whenever like listening to you or you know listening to like your favorite voice actor when it comes to a cartoon. How how does someone get into it? If someone if like if someone listening right now is like, I'd yeah, like yeah. To try this out. What do they do? Well, it's constantly changing. Uh, I mean, the way people get into it now is so different than how I got into it. Because, like, the first thing I did is, like, back in my day, there was no internet. <laughs> so I would like, well, there was, like, a cork board. And somebody had literally posted a flyer on a cork board. And, I, and the audition was, like, leave a voicemail uh, on, on this answering machine, and then we'll call you in. So that's, what? yeah, it's crazy. So, but now it's, like, there's websites that you can go to that will you know, um, 
you, you, you put your demos up on the website and then you can like if people like your demo, they'll ask you to audition. Um, so there's lot, there's, there's lots of different ways nowadays you could do it. Like people do fan dubs on YouTube and then sometimes they get discovered that way. Um, so there's, there's no real one path. I think, uh, you know, speaking of star Wars, uh, deep, deep Bradley Baker has this great website called, uh, I think it's, so I want uh, like, I want to be a voice actor.com, I believe mm-hmm. is what it is. And he does an, he does a way better job than I ever could have just talking about like, here's how you get a demo reel together. Here's how you try to get an agent. Here's, here's what kind of equipment you might want to use, you know? Uh, so, you know, but, but, the, the short answer is so I would go to that website is I, I want to be a voice actor.com and that that would give you all the answers. But the short answer is, is I would just get like a one minute demo together of you doing, if you do character voices, doing your character voices. If you just do, if you just have a unique voice, that's really cool. Just uh, record yourself reading some copy or, you know, and you would, you would get like a demo together for commercials. You get a demo together for animation. You get a demo together for audiobooks, and, and then just, you know, either on your own website or there's lots of other websites you can host it on um and just and just try it out you know and, and like the the cool thing about now is that so many people have access because of technology and because yeah. of the internet the the downside of that is that you do like have to then compete with everybody everybody there. in the world yeah <laughs> so so it's a little bit harder to break through initially but um but if you do and if you have a unique voice or, 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 or you know, or, or a, a bunch of, like my, the way I kind of broke in is I, I got good at doing lots of different voices. Yeah. So I'm like the, the, I'm like a utility guy where they can, they, a lot of times they'll hire me to do a bunch of different characters that, that mm-hmm. have like smaller scenes. And, you know, I don't, I don't get the voice of like, you know, Honda or, <laughs> or like Allstate <laughs> or anything like that. Like, but, but I could do a bunch of different character voices and, and, and I've kind of been able to carve out a path that way so that's so awesome yeah so but there's there's lots of ways to do it and if, if you're passionate about it you know go for it and just give it a try so you, you, you're you're brought into a project let's say and they'll say okay we want you to do these four voices for these four characters here's their background and then you have to develop that yeah ba- interesting that's it's, awesome which is yeah. why like you said you were two people in daria yeah uh, okay or it's like they'll have the auditions for all the characters and i'll read <laughs> I'll read them and they'll say, wait a minute, we like him for this one, this one, and this oh. one. And we can we only have to pay him for the hour to do all the <laughs> so like, let's do that guy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um what uh so and we, we actually uh we interviewed a uh, way of a few months, probably last year. I don't remember. It was, it was last year, Kevin. It was Ky- during quarantine. Jeez, I, it's all a blur. <laughs> uh we interviewed Kyle Bear, uh, who has worked on uh I don't watch anime, so I don't. Tim, could he was on Dragon Ball. And- <laughs> oh, cool! So, um, uh, yeah. So we, we it's funny you mentioned D. Bradley Baker because he mentioned that, and then we were uh, talking about you know trying to run some voice acting through our business, and they were like, "Oh, you should talk to D. Br- uh, go to the D. Br- Bradley Baker website." And yeah, everything you just said, I'm like, man, I keep hearing this over and over. Again. It's it's just so thorough, and I, I think he he just knew that he was getting asked that a lot and it, but it's, it really is a great resource it's it's awesome cool so if you're out there and and aspiring to be a voice actor there you go free 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 knowledge from star wars and scotch um, so you have been a star wars fan for a long time you've seen you've been involved in all of it it's it feels like you've been involved in all of star wars what is your who is your favorite star wars character oh man uh, I mean, my my favorite is Yoda. Like, I just he he just really uh, I mean, yeah. Like Yoda is my all. I have a Yoda tattoo. I have a I don't know if you can see it on here or not, but like there he is. An angle, but yeah. But um, 
like he uh like i i uh so a big part of why i love star wars so much is the that there's a spirituality to it and there's like a uh like the idea that you know the force is something that binds us all together and you can't see it but it's there and it's acting in our lives and you know so like that those those messages really mean a lot to me personally and yoda was kind of like this amazing embodiment of it, like just all the stuff in empire and like, you know, to not like, there, there's so many like great, you know, amazing lessons just in the scenes with him and Luke on Dagobah and just to, to not judge a book by its cover and, you know, and to, you know, and not, you know, judge things like by, by what, how they appear, but, you know, and just, and tapping into this power. And so there's just, I, I just felt like those like watching Mark Hamill and, and, and Frank Oz, portray those scenes they were just I, I i just bought into those scenes so much uh and i i just i just love him so much i think i think it's like a, like that that's not a puppet to me like that's a real being <laughs> i love that the, yeah, you're really the cool, first person so. to say yoda everyone always oh, really? like, you always get like the darth maul or the mace window or luke oh, wow. or vader but like yeah that that's i love that do you that uh did me. you get choked up when yoda came back uh, when Luke on Octo, yeah, I did too. Yeah, as soon as the camera uh, panned and you saw the ears, I was like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, I did, and then there was a few things in those movies that really brought that that nostalgia back uh, in a yeah. good way. You know, regardless oh, totally. of what people think, Tim right. and I, Tim and I are very uh, pragmatic when it comes to the the, the new trilogy. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll call a spade a spade, but I do think people completely overreact on on a lot of what was in those movies. Yeah, um, so. Uh, the, I remember seeing the trailer for um, was it Rise of Skywalker and the Millennium Falcon with with Lando in it. I uh-huh. got all teary eyed because I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Lando's the biggest <laughs> smile on his face, and it's like right. you know that's not Lando, that's Billy D. Williams getting to be in the Falcon <laughs> one last time right, with right, Chewie right. next to him. And I'm just like, this is the kid in me is is screaming right now. He's so yeah. happy. Uh, so yeah. I'm sure seeing Yoda again for you was like, oh, man, oh, man, that just it was amazing. Yeah, because like I, I understand the a lot of the criticisms people have, of, of course, of the new sequel. And, and and, you know, especially maybe seeing uh, how Luke was handled and people like like I, th- I think people are seeing how he's being portrayed in Mandalorian and, and kind of wanted Last Jedi to be more of that. And yeah. I totally get that and totally understand that. But that scene with Yoda for me uh completely changed how i was feeling about luke in 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 last jedi because that that line of you know failure the greatest teacher is is like well you know like and it's just like it's like there's something about that that like all made it make sense to me and like kind of like like you know and and made it like and and then and then obviously the the scene on crate was just like so cool that like you know to me to me that was that was that level of like luke in the hallway in mandalorian is because it's like he's that powerful that he's project like no way you know um but it but so like that that there but there was like i don't know like after after thinking about it more in that scene with yoda there was something about how you know i'm a middle-aged guy now and I have maybe some regrets or, or feelings of failure or, or, or feelings like I've met, I've made mistakes in my life. And to think about the idea, like that scene was like what I needed to hear as a middle-aged man. Like I needed to hear that, you know, like, you know, you can learn from your failures. You can pass on the lessons you've learned to others and, and you, and you need to do that. And it doesn't mean that you should just go away and hide. You need to, you need to still be out there and, and trying to help and, and do the right thing. And so I don't know. I just, you know, I, 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 I totally get why people maybe don't like those, but, but that, that Yoda scene 
changed it all for me. <laughs> so. I, I love that it speaks to you on a personal level because yeah. not many people are willing to admit that. Because, I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> you know, to my two favorite IPs, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, and there's things in both of them that hit me personally. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've always not going too far off topic, but I've always related to Aragorn personally mm -hmm. watching Lord of the Rings and the journey of, you know, everything he went through. And if you read his backstory even further, it's even more, you know, daunting and crazy. But um, and then I look at Star Wars and Anakin is a character that I just look at and, and, and you know, and I love diving into the comics then, too, because you see all the heinous, terrible things that he does as Darth Vader. Yeah. But you also see these glimmer of of things that you know anakin is still in there you know it's not yeah, just yeah, yeah, Vader. Yeah. so when clone wars ended uh and they showed the final scene of him picking up ahsoka's lightsaber oh i it hit me hard yeah. Yeah, because yeah. i knew and tim tim knows because i will never shut up about the fight between him and ahsoka <laughs> and clone war or is that rebels that's rebels yeah i never shut up because i think that is one of the greatest moments in star wars history the only wow. thing it was missing was when she knocks his helmet off is him going like snips really quick and briefly and then oh, yeah, going yeah. back. Yeah. But to me, you know, I relate to Anakin big time like that, oh, wow. that internal turmoil and struggle and going through life, having to deal with, you know, ups and downs like that. Yeah. I hear you. And it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear someone say, you know, I relate to it on a personal level because, and I think yeah. entertainment, especially storytelling like this, I think people need to have those conversations. I think the world would be a very different place if we did. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's very refreshing to hear. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're going to ask the forbidden question. Which one's your favorite movie? <laughs> I mean, it's it's Empire. Like, I, you know, it's not I, it's not a very original choice, but I, I genuinely love it. Like, I just that, that movie is uh, pretty, pretty important to me. So it's, it's great. Was it which one was the first one that you saw? I think you said the Empire. Empire it was, was Empire. The yeah. In the theater. Yeah. For me, it was Return of the Jedi. So I. I I've, I remember the, the yeah. braiding on my aunt's carpet sitting and watching it on her tube TV while he was standing up to the emperor. Uh, vividly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, what, uh, of the newer movies. So let's say new trilogy, solo rogue one, which one's your favorite in all of those ones? Ooh. Um, let's see. Uh, I think, I'm going to go, I know, and this might be controversial, but I think I'm going to go with Force Awakens. Like I, because there was something about like it. the the build up to that one for me personally, and just having wanted a, a new Star Wars movie for so long. And then I know a lot of people felt like it was too similar to like, you know, New Hope or just kind of reductive, or, you know, or, or uh, derivative of it. But like, I don't know, like I, I kind of, I kind of liked the blend of nostalgia and like, and the newness and, uh, and uh, I, I, I really, I, I really love that one. And I think, I think that was the one I just had the most fun in the theater of, of, of the three and, and just really got the most excited by. So when you read that book, did you yeah, yeah. read it before the movie came out? Okay. So yeah. <laughs> um, good okay, question. So the only reason why I bring this up is because multiple times I've told Kevin that that book does a better job of explaining Ray's fight with Kylo than the movie ever will because yeah. there's the, the entire time of her like feeling like she she dances with the dark side she gets mm -hmm. mad she gets angry she uses that power to fight kylo and so like that's captured that's captured really well in the book so what was that like did you yeah. know 
Yeah. So, okay. This is crazy. Cause like they, um, they, uh, the Kevin, the director called me up and he was like, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, <laughs> but I want you to really think about it. Cause you know, cause he knew what a fan was and what a geek was. And I, and I want you to get back to me. So he's like, if, if, if I were to offer you the novelization of force awakens, would you want to do it? And I was because because uh, at that point they were going to record that book before the movie came out, mm. and and then they, then try to release it day of release when when the movie came out. Okay. So I was like, oh wow! And then so like I actually did have to think about it because yeah. I was like, well, I, you know, I've been reading, you know, a long time. What was it? You know, thirty years. I don't know how many years it was, or you know, like a long time for a new Star Wars movie, and I was dying to see it in the theater opening night and and have that experience of you know what's going to happen. And yeah. so I, there was a moment where I was like, do I want to do this? Like, I don't know. Cause that, that I won't have that experience. And I was kind of confiding in my wife about it. And I was like, should I do it? Like, I don't like a opening night won't be the same. And what, what do you think? And she was like, of course you should do it. Like, why would you not do it? And I was like, Oh, right. And she was like, if you were cast in the film and got to act in the film, wouldn't you do that? Or would you say, no, I don't want spoilers. And she was like, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would want to be in the, so like, so like, so then I read it like in, I think I read the scripts end of October, early November, and it was going to come out in December. And like for that one, like they, they locked me in a room. Uh, they disconnected all the computers from the internet. If I had to go to the bathroom, I had to call <sighs> someone they would come get me, escort me to the bathroom, lock the door behind me. Then I'd come back and open it up again. Wow. And, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting there reading it and I'm, I'm like reading about all these things and, 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 and the point where, you know, Han Solo dies. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So I'm like crying in a room by myself. <laughs> like, oh, and, yeah. and then I can't talk about it with anyone for like a, two months. And I'm like, wow. Oh, and no. this is just it reading like it. This is not even yeah. performing yet. Oh my no, no, gosh. No. Yeah. And like reading it, I'm like, Oh, oh, the lightsaber's wiggling. Is it going to be Luke? Is it going to be Luke? And then it goes to Ray. And I was like, Ray, no way. You know, and like, so it's like, so it was just all those moments. So then, so then what became fun about being in the opening night of that one was it was definitely all the hype and I wanted to see the special effects, but it was also like, then I kind of like, instead of having total focus on the screen, I had one eye on the screen and then one eye like next to me looking yeah. at the people because I knew, <laughs> I knew the moments when they were about to happen. Yeah. So I got to like kind of see everybody's reaction. So that, that was like a fun, different thing. So, but then after that, like Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, um, they decided to release the books after the films came out. Yeah. So I got, I got to see those firsthand in the, in the theater and then kind of very shortly afterward. But I have to say, and this isn't just a plug for the books, but you know, like what Tim was saying, like there is something about reading the novelizations of those films that helped me appreciate them in a deeper way. Cause I, cause I think there were, you know, the, the nature of those films is they, they, they move at a really quick pace and, yeah. and sometimes there's things that you would want them to explain, but because they're trying to like, just keep it going and keep it moving. Uh, it, it maybe skips over some things. And, and in the books, you really get uh, a deeper understanding of motivations and, and, and more detail about, you know what the emperor's plan was and 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 how ray maybe got her force powers as quickly as she did and the, the complaint that she's a mary sue like the books make it make a lot more sense in my opinion and mm-hmm. and so i don't know like i i that that may affect why i i like the 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 sequel films maybe uh you know and why why some people might not as much but so i i, I get everyone's opinion and everyone's entitled sure. to their opinion but but uh it, if if you were interested the novelizations might make you make make people out there listening 
uh, uh, maybe see the the sequels in a new way. They're really so. fun. Even like Chewie ripping Unkar's arms off. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that was so cool. And I was like, that never happened in the movie. Why did they put it in there? And then come to find out, it's a deleted scene. It was yeah. never finished, but it's there. And yeah, I just yeah, love yeah. that because like That's there's cool. like so much ferocity to Chewie that they never show on the show or on the movie. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah, love I was it. telling Tim uh, when I finished the second aftermath book, uh, you reading that. It didn't change, but it really solidified Han and Chewie's relationship for me yeah. because I, you know, I didn't know that all of that happened. Canon, I, I know the legend stuff, but reading it and hearing the way you were you were talking about it, like the relationship between Han and Chewie goes so much deeper than people know in the movies. Yeah. And when you get into the comic books and you get into the novels, something like that can change your entire perception of how you view the movie. 100%. So yeah. when you look at these movies, and Tim and I say this all the time, like Star Wars is told in pieces. That's how the story is told to you. You don't mm. get this straight line, you know, like you get with most other IPs. It's similar to the way the Marvel movies released where it was, you know, we went back in time for Captain Marvel, but then we went back forward right. because we knew right, she right. was the at the end of the. So it's similar to that. But Star Wars is always told stories fragmented and in pieces. So who's to say that in 10 to 15 years, those three movies all of a sudden make way more sense? Wow. Wow. <laughs> because even the, the original trilogy was 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 so much better when you do dove into Legends, uh -huh. you know, dealing with with Luke's turn to the dark side in Legends and things like that. I, I have a feeling that in 15 years, we're going to look back and we're going to have a, a much, much more visual content, which will complement it. Yeah. Uh, similar to our experience, like you said, with Luke and Mandalorian, I have a feeling yeah. we're going to look back and it's just going to be this complete picture. Where we're going to be like, wow, those movies are great now. No, totally. Yeah. So. I think, I mean, it was weird when the prequels came out. Like, I'm I'm one of those guys that's easy to please. So I, I actually love all of the films and all the shows. Like, I'm, you know, I have favorites and ones where I wish, oh, I wish they had done that differently. But generally speaking, I love them all. But like, even when people, you know, when the prequels first came out and were bashing the prequels and like saying all these horrible things, it's so funny to me now to see how many people like adore the prequels and love. And I, and I think it's a lot of what, you know, Kevin, you're saying, cause like when you watch Clone Wars now or, or when you, or, or the comics or some of the things that have filled in some of the gaps, mm -hmm. I think it has like enhanced how people remember those films. And, and there's also the nostalgia of like when, whenever you see it as, as a kid or see something for the first time. I think it imprints on you differently than when you've or a jaded adult like me. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, kind of going back to where we started video games. Do you have a favorite star Wars video game? Oh, cool question. Um, ooh, la, 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 la. I think, I mean, I, I, okay. The first one that popped in my mind was force unleashed. Like I actually really <sighs> love the, the force unleashed games. Although uh, Jedi Fallen Order was almost tied for me. Like, I, I really love that. So, like, yeah, like, I, I think those those two I really like. But first Unleashed, I was, like, really, really into it and, like, lo loved Sam Whitworth's performance in, in those and uh, was totally drawn into that story. So we did a we did a charity event with Katie Sackhoff. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. produced it and uh, she brought Sam on. And we had to, they had to hit a certain milestone for him to do Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> and when we That's hit great. it, I was like, record at my desk at my computer. I was like, all right, let's do this. Give it to me. <laughs> that but, is awesome. No, Force Force Unleashed. Uh, it, I, I I've read that they're gonna try and canonize the character oh, uh, of Starkiller. So. Yeah, <laughs> you got so what excited. He, I love it. 
Oh man, what if he popped up in the sequel to Fallen Order? Because like that would be interesting. It could be that there's so the last episode, I forget the name of the planet. We covered it in our last episode, but the last episode of Bad Batch, that cloning facility, like kicks the door down for a thousand theories. Oh, right. So because that cloning facility is in Legends, and now people are, I'm sure you've seen it, the Luke being a clone theory right, yeah. right, 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 and so right, right. i wanted to bring that up because you said oh. empire was your favorite movie <laughs> and so and so we like to we like to do some some theory crafting on this on this podcast and so luke loses his hand right it falls right. to the bottom of bespin yes um apparently in in legends the emperor ends up with luke's hand yep and that hand goes and he gets cloned the theory <laughs> is the theory is is that the true luke was not the luke that we had in the new trilogy <laughs> oh my gosh how crazy is that oh my gosh wait are they are they saying that then the luke we're seeing in mandalorian is the true luke and the luke that we saw in the trilogy is luke or the the, the clone luke yes yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. and the plot thickens because maz is lying to ray when she says that's a story for another day about that's the lightsaber right, right, right but then how did the lightsaber get separated from the hand but then that was easily debunked on reddit tim because someone said it fell and they yeah, probably fell out separated. Of yeah oh yeah 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 but yeah so the theory is very did they, interesting did, did they do anything in the comics they, they cloned they, luke in the comics yeah at one point he had to fight himself but in the new canon comics, oh, no, did, I, I, did they do anything with the lightsaber yet, or like the the, the, no. On the no one okay. knows how she got it. No oh one knows my yet. Gosh. Oh my! <laughs> I hadn't heard that theory. That would be amazing. Yeah, this it, is it's, this is what I love about Star Wars fans is they start to to you give them a, a crumb of something, right, right, right. and it <laughs> turns into this thing, and that's what I love. But that would be, I would actually be okay with that. I think I would too. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Yep. And especially if we went back and saw uh, like another version of older Luke, because then because then you could have your cake and eat it, too. Because like if you liked what they did in the sequel trilogy, that story still exists and it's technically mm. still choices Luke would have made. Right. Yeah. Um, but then but then it's like it doesn't because I hate it when people say they're going to erase the, the trilogy because that's that's not they're not going to do that. No, that's ridiculous. No, no way. No. But but uh, no. but this would be a way where you could maybe have a different path for Luke and have, have both of those stories coexist in a very logical it's, way. It's yep. essentially Lucas creating their own multiverse. Like what yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the clone it's just, it's just yeah. instead of making a bunch of different layers, we're just right, making right. a bunch of different people clones. And it honors the uh, legends book again, yeah. on honors like air, the empire and all those. Oh my gosh. It, it, it has to have some relevance or truth because bad batch is leaning into the story of the Kaminoans and clones so much very and I, it's a it's a bridge story it's getting us somewhere so then you loop back to you know the emperor's bodies the countless bodies that haven't been able to contain his essence right, and, right. and you know so maybe that's why they wanted grogu because they were trying to figure out a way to have midichlorians yeah. and a clone so the emperor could have a body which is my right, theory right. of what we saw in mandalorian in those tubes where they were like what's in there and then we got camera yeah. had to pan away Right, right, right. So I, I, they're building something. We just uh, we probably won't know what it is for a while. Oh my gosh! Because well, I assumed it was leading. I, I assumed it was connecting the dots to Palpatine having the clone backup plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Rise of Scout. But what? But I, I had not heard or considered 
the idea of loot. I have oh your email. Gosh. I'll send you the TikTok right, video cool. that yeah, explains yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> it's That's pretty. It's pretty cool. jarring. Um, oh my gosh! We're we're running low on. We're gonna have to have you back on to talk more more Star Wars theories. Yeah. We're running low on time, and I do want to get Mark out on time, but uh uh. My last question for you is you talked about Yoda and, and again, get a little personal. What is the most impactful thing that you took away from star Wars as a whole from anything, movies, being a part of the universe it doesn't have to be in universe, but what's the impact that star Wars has had on Mark that has really just left that imprint on you for, for forever. Yeah. Um, I would say that. I'm trying not to sound too cheesy. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like, cheesy. okay, all right. Well, um, okay, so I actually ended up, uh, I, I, uh, I ended up becoming a minister, and I was a minister in my church for a while. Um, and so I think the biggest thing that imprinted on me is the idea that there, there is a battle between light and darkness. And each one of us has to fight that battle inside of us because each one yep. of us has the potential to go towards the dark or to go towards the light. And each one of us can sometimes make decisions that go towards the darkness, but it's never too late to come back into the light. And I just, I just think that like that concept of good and evil and that, that struggle that we all have to wrestle with. Um, and, you know, just seeing like, you know, Luke decide that, no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw the lightsaber away. It's like, I'm, I'm not do this. I'm, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, or like, you know, um, and just and just the message of trusting in the, in the force and like you know drawing strength from the greater power, um, it all that stuff is just kind of. And I really, I really believe it helped shape who I try to be today. Like I, I really, I really like. I know it's just a movie, and I know it's you know it, it's just fun adventure. But like I, I really feel like it it uh it kind of helped contribute to kind of my moral compass and like how I try to you know, live my life. <laughs> so as corny as that might seem, it, it uh, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> it really doesn't. I love, I that. love that. That's, oh, I love that so much. Yeah, I love that. That's your takeaway from it. I think that's incredible. Tim, do you have any one last question for Mark? I can't, I can't ask him our questions after that. That was perfect. <laughs> that, that's, that's the well, best way to end it. Kevin, I'm going to ask for one more thing. If you had to pick one character to do the voice, could you send us off from this, from this uh, wonderful, amazing interview with that in, in that character's voice? All right. Listening to Star Wars and Scotch, you are. Do or do not. There is no try. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mark. Plug whatever you'd like to plug, uh, and we're going to get out of here. But thank you so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's... It's been really fun talking to you guys. I, I, I like. Uh, I can tell you guys love Star Wars, so it's it's really fun to hang out with with dudes who, who like it the way I like it. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, the uh, a, a couple things that just came out is Tempest Runner. Uh, it's an audio drama, High Republic audio drama, just came out, and that one is a uh, multiple actors, and it's really great. You should definitely check it out. It's about Lorna D. Lorna D. It's really really fun. Um, uh, a lot of the fans were asking for unabridged versions of some of the older Legends books because they used to only do abridged versions of those audiobooks. So we just redid uh, Rogue Squadron. I think that just oh. came out, and that's Ooh. really cool because there's going to be a Rogue Squadron movie coming out yep. in 2023, I think. Um, so this will kind of give you some samples of what the books were kind of like when they were telling that story, and that's that was really fun to do. Um, and then I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say this. 
but uh, I think it's pretty, I think it's already on Amazon, but the, uh, the third book and the ascendancy trilogy for the Thrawn books, the new <laughs> Thrawn stories will be coming out, uh, I believe in November. So uh, that's, that's pretty exciting uh, stuff. So. You need to finish Rising Storm, Tim, because then you can. I know. I got. Uh, yeah, 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 I got, yeah. Yeah, I got caught up, but it, oh, I'm and so. The High Republic the is one. like going full steam ahead, and it's yeah, yeah. Rising Storm just came out, and it's uh, yeah, it, the High Republic is awesome. I, I really love the High Republic. Mark, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate uh, you coming on the show, and hopefully, we will have you back in the soon, and, and we'll just nerd out again because that was fun. Yeah, that'd be great. This was so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks, Mark. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, guys. What a fun conversation. You know, it, it, it always warms my heart to get to talk to someone about Star Wars. I love when we can have that personal conversation about how Star Wars had this impact on your life. I, I just, it, it's my favorite thing. And, and, you know, some booze in the campfire would have been ideal for a conversation like that. Also an extra two hours. But either way, awesome conversation. Thanks again, Mark, for joining us on Star Wars and Scotch. Before we go, make sure you head over to HighScoreTees, HighScoreTees.com. Go pick up some merch from some of the best streamers in the industry and some of the best-looking merch in the industry, if not the best. I think it's the best, but I'm biased, so you know how that is. We'll see you next week for episode 54 of Star Wars and Scotch. In the meantime, as always, may the Force be with you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.